0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or whatever. This is you guys on tech. I, Michael Falcon. So welcome to the subscriber episode for this week. The last one we have before the holiday break. I'm actually not sure what we're going to be doing for Christmas. Because what ends up happening is once Christmas comes around, Pretty much all, t- all news outlets just stop. They just end up taking like a week or two off. So I actually don't know if I'm going to have enough content for next week. I do know the week after we will most likely just do like kind of a behind the scenes recap of how everything is. Maybe we'll actually do it uh, until next week. Who knows? But look forward to that down the road. In the meantime, Intel is working on a new kind of technology. They call it continual compute tech, which will allow you to go ahead and wirelessly borrow compute power from other computers and bring it to
1: the computer you're currently using.
0: The whole concept of this is basically have your own. Well, basically, go ahead and take desktop-grade performance and bring it to your small little laptop. But since you do this with
1: multiple computers, it would have a lot of potential.
0: It is an interesting concept. I have some doubts. Much like with cloud gaming currently, what ends up inevitably happening is that you end up with quite a
1: significant amount
0: of buffering, of latency. And I wonder if that's going to be an issue with this technology. Granted, you're covering a lot less distance. It shouldn't on paper be as much of an issue. But of course, this is currently in the concept phase. Only time will tell. How it turns out. Could be interesting. We'll just have to wait and see. Intel has also gone ahead and confirmed the names of their ARC Alchemists. GPUs, they're going to be called the ARC A380 and the ARC A 350.
1: These names were just leaked by a
0: driver. Some of the other names include the ARC A370M and the ARC A350M, most likely discrete mobile GPUs. And the other driver that was introduced in there was the Intel Iris Z. A200M GPU. Some other details that, that were also kind of shown off were the A350 having four gigs of GDDR6, the A380 having six gigs, gigabytes of GDDR6, and one other SKU having 16 gigs of GDDR6. This last SKU of 16 clearly is going to be the highest end version of this no word as to what it is yet well it's all well and good but once again it doesn't matter unless we actually see what kind of performance we can realistically expect from these gpus some numbers are fine but what's the point of it can't perform and on top of that what's the point If it doesn't actually manage to stay in stock. A Halo Infinite glitch has allowed people to activate the campaign co-op mode early. Campaign co-op is not supposed to be available yet on Halo Infinite, but apparently a glitch has allowed split screen co-op to actually be present on the game, despite the fact that the feature is not out yet. Good job. Good job. Good job, Halo. (laughs) All all I could do is just shake my head. It's insane. So, well, I don't know if they're gonna patch it. Are they gonna patch it or by the time they patch it, are they just gonna release the full thing anyway?
1: I mean, what would you do if you were Halo? Would you patch it? Would you just let it slide?
0: But at the same time, Halo Infinite also said that your wildest stunts are part of the series DNA. So they want to see what people can actually get up to. Does that include un- accidentally unlocking the, uh,
1: the co-op campaign?
0: Now that statement itself, I actually do agree with a lot of the early Halo shenanigans was part of the fun and in a lot of other games. Just seeing the kind of nonsense you can get away with is just loads underline loads of fun. So I do actually appreciate that they're going ahead and sticking with that kind of mentality. I fix it works with Microsoft to manufacture service repair service tools for repair techs specifically for Microsoft Authorized Service Providers.
1: Honestly, good for iFixit.
0: iFixit has done so much work for just independent repair, whether you be a professional independent repair person or just someone like me who just wants to get into their own tech to be able to fix it that's not affiliated with anyone. iFixit has done a ton. And of course, they can only sell so many toolkits and expect to continue making a profit while going ahead, tearing down all these expensive electronics just so they can publish guides for the rest of us to use to be able to repair our stuff. I actually still need to go ahead and use an iFixit guide to repair an iMac that was dumped on my doorstep. All it has is a bad hard drive. The rest of it works. All I need to do is just find the time to just get in there and do the repair.
1: Now, while good things for iFixit have come,
0: we have to go ahead and turn our eyes to some concerns that documents leak the i'm sorry documents link Huawei to Uyghur surveillance pro- projects Huawei has helped Chinese authorities create su- surveillance technology that targets the cu- country's Uyghur g- g- or, 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 or oh wait is, is the Uyghur minority population is that how
1: it's pronounced this whole time <laughs>
0: It's spelled U-Y-G-U, or I'm sorry, Y, or U-Y-G-H-U-R. I've heard, I think I've heard of it. I believe it's actually pronounced wigger. I think.
1: I'm going to get in trouble,
0: aren't I? But in any case, this minority population in China has been targeted for a long long time for surveillance and other bits of basically harassment to try and keep the population under the thumb of the chinese communist party it's always been something that's been kind of a big yikes sort of thing going on within china and a lot of people just kind of turn a blind eye to it but there's a reason why I bring this up. You remember how not too long ago everyone absolutely hated the former administration for targeting Huawei and other Chinese groups because they were doing sketchy things and just decide, you know, maybe we don't want that kind of kind of sketchy nonsense in the US. Um
1: Yeah. More and more evidence
0: to lead to the conclusion that, you know, maybe, just maybe, Huawei is up to some very, very suspicious things that are fairly, fairly concerning.
1: Whee! Anyway,
0: enough of the serious stuff. Let's instead talk about Oppo's Find N foldable phone. That it did something very interesting and I actually like this phone. So it's a foldable phone and this one apparently been doing a lot of internal research with it. So first off, this foldable phone is much wider when it's closed. And I do mean
1: much wider.
0: Like when it's closed, it's actually about the same dimensions as a normal phone. But when it's opened, of course, it is.
1: More usable. It is much more friendly.
0: To actually use. And it kind of does make me wonder, why has Samsung not done this?
1: This was always kind of bizarre
0: to me. The external display is 5.49 inches. The internal display is 7.1 inches. The other thing is that Oppo went ahead and has the, rather than a solid crease, the screen actually folds internally into like a teardrop shape. So it's curved in the middle to try and minimize the amount of increasing,
1: And on top of that, it's fairly cheap,
0: roughly 1,210 US dollars. Now that's expensive for a smartphone, but for a full sized foldable phone, that is cheap.
1: Personally, would I get one? No. Oppo has a history of just having not all that durable of smartphones. At least as far as I'm aware, that might have changed. I hope it's changed. And then the other thing is also, you know.
0: It's a foldable display. That means that your fingernail can cause permanent damage.
1: To the screen.
0: And until that's solved, I just don't see myself using a foldable phone. But of course, that is just me. You can go ahead and do as you see fit. Oppo has some other smart glass technology as well. They call it the Oppo's smart air glass eyewear, which has a tiny projector, (laughs) navigation and translation features.
1: Cool concept. How well does it work?
0: Like, it's easy for people to go ahead and say, hey, we developed this, that, and the other thing. How well does it actually work? The other thing also to point out is that the, the arms on these glasses are massive.
1: You can tell in an instant something is up. The other thing that's also kind of really odd about these glasses... All the documentation of these shows
0: this kind of projector system, just like projecting onto nothing. It kind of reminds me of, um, have you ever heard of the secret bracelet? The whole concept of the secret bracelet was that it was, it looked like a basic armband. But it would basically just use sensors and a projector to project a cell phone screen onto your arm and interact with it that way. Well, once you injected physics into it, um, it didn't work. Like, at all. The instant you put any amount of thought into how this thing works, it just didn't work anymore.
1: I'm also trying to view more pictures of this thing, and the website that's showing them broke on me. Yep,
0: that that website is completely broken. Good job. Meanwhile, Google is developing augmented reality OS for innovation, innovative augmented reality devices. Ah, uh, yes. Thank you, Google. Augmented reality OS. Well, I guess. Really? In the end, what what does it matter? Augmented Reality OS doesn't matter until we actually see what Augmented Reality OS actually looks like, but to know they're actually working on it is, uh, interesting to say the least.
1: Well, only time will be able to tell what to do
0: about that. I just hope that augmented OS uh, or augmented reality OS ends up being better than, um, than early versions of, uh, Android. Android just very, very quickly became a massive piece of bloat. It's improved drastically, but it's still just kind of a, hmm. And then finally, before we get to our first break and our only break,
1: Gigabyte apparently has released a uh, new motherboard concept called Project Stealth.
0: And it's an an AORUS board that basically is just fully covered. The whole point of of Project Stealth is to make a motherboard that doesn't look like a motherboard.
1: And it goes to the point
0: of having covers and special daughter cables so that the cables going to the motherboard are also hidden behind the panel. It's a very interesting concept, but there's a problem. Main Gear has a patent that looks dangerously
1: similar to uh, to what they're showing here.
0: Gigabyte, did you just rip off Main Gear? I think Main Gear might wanna might wanna have a little chit chat with you. We're gonna take our break here. When we come back, Final Fantasy VII remake. I want to go over detail of this particular PC launch and where things are going wrong. Welcome back, you guys on Tech. i Falcon. Not a new bumper, just a Christmas one, because it is that time of year. So I figure we might as well get in the spirit of it, you know, getting right up to it. I did not want to go and start all the way back in frickin' October like some places have. But you know, this is the last episode we're going to have before the holiday, so why not? So final fantasy seven remake has launched on PC and it has some major problems. And I do mean some serious problems and it's problems that should not have happened. So first off final fantasy seven remake on PC is a $70 game. I paid $60 for a Final Fantasy VII Remake on the PS4. Normally, when you're talking about a PC port versus a console port, the PC port is usually less expensive solely because you don't have as many licensing fees to pay on a PC port. So for it to be more expensive is already a black eye. Now, in fairness, the PC port does include some DLC. It includes the interlude. I think that's what it's called. It contains a piece of DLC that I want to say is like 20 bucks, which still makes the price equal to the PlayStation version.
1: Yeah, that's still kind of a a mark that's a bit of a black eye there. Again. Now, with that said,
0: let's also take a look at past Square Enix PC ports. The majority of Square Enix PC ports have been lackluster. With very, very few exceptions, pretty much all of them have been either very lazy ports or just really glitchy ones. Near Automata being one that when it came to PC, just did not perform anywhere near as good as it did, as it did on the PS4.
1: It just, it basically didn't feel like the same game at all. That's one, that's one right
0: there. A lot of the older games that were ported over were just copy pasta
1: versions of the mobile games.
0: So they still had touchscreen interfaces that you're now interacting with a mouse, and it wasn't a very good
1: experience. Again, uh, another black eye. So what happened
0: with FF7 Remake? So first off, FF7 Remake on the PC is only available on the Epic Game Store. This isn't really too surprising. We heard some leaks about it and considering the fact that FF seven remake is built on the unreal engine, which is owned by Epic games, a deal saying that when it's launched on PC, there's an exclusivity time that it's only on the Epic game store. Again, not too surprising, but again, still another black eye. We're running out of eyes at this point, if you've noticed. And things get worse from here because there are massive frame rate drops. And for whatever reason, this game is not talking correctly to diagnostic software. So benchmarking tools that are used to go ahead and measure what the heck is going on. The game is not talking to them properly. So where there's clearly visible juddering,
1: visible frame drops. It is not communicating it properly with diagnostic software. Once again,
0: another bad sign. And then there's no way to tweak things like variable frame rates, anti-aliasing, VSync, or motion blur. A lot of features you expect from a PC game are just simply not there.
1: And personally, I would
0: be very accepting of that if the game behaved properly with current modern hardware. It would be one thing if it was randomly dropping frames on say my old GTX 1060.
1: But when some people's test
0: rigs include 3070s and 3080s, which is supposed to be well above what the minimum requirements are for this game. Keep in mind, this game runs on a PS4.
1: Not a PS4 pro, a PS4. And it just has random chugging fits on modern high-end GPUs that are unicorns.
0: And once again, this could be forgiven. If it weren't for the fact that it doesn't matter what age the GPU is, it just has random buffering fits. It has random moments of just saying, you know what? Nah, I don't feel like working properly today, maybe tomorrow, but not today. So you've got all this combining to just make for a bad experience altogether. Not only are you paying them, you're paying more. For this game, than what's what it's available for on console. Even if you just wanted the base experience and didn't want interlude, you're paying more. If you want interlude, you're now paying the same, but you're getting a worse experience than even I did. And I played this on a basic PlayStation four.
1: It's hard to justify that. It really, really is. At this, at the time of recording this, Square has not replied at all. But if it weren't for the fact that.
0: People are, you know, if. If getting this on the Epic Game Store didn't deter you before, reconsider. Some people have been saying with an RTX 3090 and a 10900K at just eleven, at just 1080p, this game is not performing properly. Now they're still having frame rate issues on the most powerful GPU on the planet at 1080p.
1: And they can't figure out why, cause it's improperly communicating with diagnostic software. I don't know what to tell you. I really don't.
0: As much as I love what's going on with the FF 14 team, they have been knocking it out of the park, but whatever the heck they are doing with With some of these other ports, it is just not acceptable at all. Folks, that's going to do it for this episode of Eagle Eyes on Tech. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. I know it's only a dollar a month. I know a lot of people just go. It's not that much. Thank you for the content. No, thank you for supporting what I do here. With the podcast, and I will continue to make extra content for you guys that continue to support. And even if you only listen to the main podcast at anchor.fm/slash eagle eyes on tech, still thank you. Every l- listener matters. And of course, I recommend checking out my other stuff. Check out the early burb briefing, quick four minutes. Every single episode is just one story, quick takes. A great way to wake up every single one uploads at 2 a.m. And check out my Twitch page, twitch.tv slash Falcon. Take care, and I hope you have a great night. Or day. Or whatever time of day is.